0: From St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas, a joyful Christian community, this is Soulful Sundays, a weekly podcast of our 5 o'clock service. I'm Patrick Miller, Director of St. Mark's. Welcome.
1: reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, beginning at the 33rd verse. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce but the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, And killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. Here ends the
0: reading. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The job that has been my favorite job for my 30-some-odd years of life was when I was in my second year at university. And I came back, and I did an internship one summer with Senator K. Bailey Hutchison. Now, most of my work as a Senate intern wasn't glorious. I had to uh, manage the auto pen, and I was in charge of sorting some mail and opening them up, actually with masks on. Um, but there was one job in particular that I particularly relished, and that was as a tour guide to visitors to her office. And so, as a US Capitol tour guide, I, got to t- take uh, groups, usually families, to various places in the Senate uh, chambers, but also in the U.S. Capitol building. And my favorite place, or one of my favorite places, was the U.S. Senate chamber. And if you go to the U.S. Senate chamber as a visitor, not as a senator, usually you enter from the gallery, where you can look out and have a birds eye view of of the proceedings below. But you also get a very good view of the uh, walls and ceiling, and on the ceiling are profiles of lawgivers throughout history, and I think there's some fifty-odd profiles. There's Hammurabi, who famously gave uh, the first codified law to his people, very basic laws like an eye for an eye. That comes from Hammurabi. There's Simon de Montfort, who in the 13th century uh, sort of enabled parliamentary or representative government. There's Napoleon, who uh, passed laws providing religious toleration, which heretofore was not a a major part of European law. And finally, there's Moses. All of the other lawgivers are in profile, but Moses is face to face with the person at the speaker's dais. Moses alone is a portrait. I think this is fitting, because in all of human history, Moses is the first person, and this might be a gross generalization, to give a law. Not so much for the good ordering of society, but for human flourishing. For human beings, for persons to be whom God, the person to be what God created them to be. And I'd like to talk about two commandments tonight. I won't bore you by talking about all ten, but we have this scene in the book of Exodus. We know it well from Cecil B. DeMille and other sources of Moses coming down and giving ten commandments. Now, the ordering of this slightly changes. But normally, the fourth commandment is keep the Sabbath. And I think this is such an important commandment because you can tell by it that this isn't simply laws for good government. These are rules to promote human happiness. And what Moses is telling us, what God is telling us through Moses in that fourth commandment is that we were created not for work, not for labor, not even for good citizenship. We were created for rest. We were created for leisure, for enjoyment of the good gifts of creation. Remember, God creates the world in seven days, six days, and on the seventh day he rested. And so likewise, all of our labors are meant to build up to the enjoyment of our lives. There's a bit of a social message in this too, because elsewhere in Exodus, we're told that this is not only a law for citizens, which would have been uh, property-owning men, or perhaps in that day, you know, heads of tribes. No, this is for everybody. This is for even children, and household servants. Everyone is to keep and honor the Sabbath. And those in authority are reminded that it's their responsibility to see that no work is done on the Sabbath day. The second commandment that I've been thinking about, and this is usually ninth in our numbering, is the commandment to not bear false witness against our neighbor. Phrased positively, it's to honor truth. Now, I could go in one direction about fake news, but I don't think many of us here produce fake news, so I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm going to speak at an individual level. I think we moderns find truth-telling problematic, and perhaps difficult. And I found myself thinking uh, in my preparation to speak tonight, is it not the case that sometimes it's better to lie? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, that doesn't coincide with what God asks of us. Jesus says, I am the truth." And I think the more I think about it, that in fact, telling the truth is always telling good news. Now, we should tell the truth gently and with the grace that God asks of us. But even if it's hard, the truth is better than the widest of lies. I think of Moses going before Pharaoh. He has this impossible task. He speaks with a stutter, and he says to Pharaoh, let my people go there in abject uh, captivity and oppression. Release them into the land of their fathers and mothers, into the land of Israel. And how difficult that must be, knowing that he doesn't have an army behind his back. He only has the promises that God has given him. And yet he speaks the truth, and he speaks it boldly. And so in our own lives, I think if we take that commandment seriously, to not bear false witness, to bear true witness, I think it's incumbent upon us to remember that and to live daily as people of truth as well as people of Sabbath. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This episode was produced by St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. Special thanks to our band, led by Cameron Deason-Hammond, and featuring Jeremy Nuncio, Asher Pudlow, and Andrew Gordon. Join us every Sunday for Soulful Sundays at 5 p.m. at St. Mark's 3816 Bel Air Boulevard in Houston, Texas, or visit us online at stmarks-houston.org.